welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and we have in the studio with us today, Kendra Bloom, who is a somatic psychotherapist. Welcome. Thanks, Tom. Um, I'm very excited about having Kendra on the show. She and I have worked together a lot, and I've known her since she's been about 12 years old, maybe earlier. And her father and my brother-in-law are best friends. And I've just watched her go through all sorts of phases. And she is one of the best therapists I've ever worked with. She's pulled patients out of pain that I've never dreamed possible could happen. But I'd like to do in this part of the show is have Kendra have Kendra introduce herself a bit. And then we're still working together very closely. She still is a person on my website that does the DOC coaching. And so I'm really excited about having Kendra on the show. Kendra, welcome. Hi. Um, it's really such an honor uh, to be here, David. I, I really owe a debt of gratitude to this work. And um, it's exciting to be here with you. Thanks. I'd like you to start with where are you practicing now? We work together in Seattle and you just moved to the Bay Area, but where's your practice now? So currently, I'm part of a really amazing team in Woodside, California, and we um, the clinic that I work at is called Helios Wellness, um, and we do uh, integrative psychotherapy. Um, there's a bunch of psychiatrists and naturopaths, stuff like that, um, so that, that's where I'm at now. And what's your role with that group? So I do somatic psychotherapy, which is really cool sort of on its own, but also as an adjunctive to um, regular psychiatric care, but also the psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. So we work a lot with ketamine here, um, which is, um, we can get more into that later, but a, a really exciting treatment actually specifically for chronic pain we're finding. Um, and so I work a lot with helping people prepare, um, ex explore the experience, and then also integrate that work over time for anxiety, depression, stuff like that. Great. And to get a hold of Kendra, by the way, she's on my website under services. It's on, under Doc Coaching. You'll come right to her website link. And uh, she's just been a fantastic person to add on to the project that we do. Um, Kendra, can you tell a bit about your background, your training, and how you ended up in Seattle? And then we can take it from there. Yeah, so I have a master's in somatic psychotherapy. Uh, my specialty was in trauma and um, a combination of needing a life change and hearing that there was like no somatic therapist in Seattle brought me there about five or six years ago um, where I did my, my process of getting licensed. And um, through that experience, I did a lot of different training. Um, I, I trained in core energetics and psychophysical therapy, all this, this um kind of really trying to understand the way that psychological, emotional, and physical issues um, came together and how they worked with one another and could be treated together. Um, and that's where, you know, we reconnected and, and started sharing people. And you, you moved to Seattle what, about five years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was like almost six, five, five or six years ago now. And then I'm sure you've had a lot of success before you met me, but things changed a bit after you met me. So I think we talked about maybe two years before you started to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I'm still learning to listen. Um, yeah, but yes, you, you absolutely changed how I was practicing. Um, I think the doc framework, specifically the phases of, tra of transformation, the awareness, 
separation and reprogramming gave me a structure that I apply to every patient that comes to see me. Um, it's something I explain to everyone I work with. It's, it's something I'm always thinking about, even within each session. Um, and it's been just like profoundly impactful in what I see in terms of results. Are you comfortable sharing a bit of your own journey with anxiety and some of the principles that seem to have made a difference for you? Because I've seen a pretty profound change personally. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, it was actually interesting. I was talking with my partner right before doing this podcast and he asked me like, what is your intention in doing this? And um, I got really choked up and I realized that um, in my mind, actually, I feel like this this process saved my life. Like, I don't think I would have made it really past 40 um, because of how much pain I was in. And um, when you say pain, you mean physical pain or mental pain or both? Yeah. So, you know, not without going into too much detail about my history, I, you know, I grew up, um, I had some developmental trauma and I was misdiagnosed really early on with ADD and was put on amphetamines. What I think I actually had was like sensory integration issues and PTSD. And so it just exacerbated those symptoms to the nth degree, in my opinion. Um, and it led to me basically being in like adrenal fatigue by the time I was like 33. Um, I had like no serotonin, you know, my body was just shutting down and, and I lived every day in like excruciating pain at the time I thought was anxiety, um, which I think it was in some ways, but it manifested as, as physical pain in my body. Okay. Um, you know, so it was just a combination of, of, of the two really. Was it pretty widespread pain? Yeah, it was mostly in my like solar plexus, right? Like that kind of feeling of that, that nervous energy, but it had become so chronic over time and the, and the thoughts were so chronic over time that there really wasn't a time of day or a time of week or year or month that that really wasn't my experience of the world. Um, it was just constant for me. And without negating the value of many other approaches, which are valid, I think we've been really clear that, that the dark process is, is a foundation that allows people to pursue their own journey. But I'm curious, in principle, what were some, what were some of the approaches you tried that didn't seem to be very helpful for you, looking backwards? Yeah, I mean, not to mention just like, you know, all these doctors growing up that like, I think miss, missed the mark big time. Um, but I had, you know, I had tried psychiatric meds. I had, I had done 20 years of therapy. I had done medita meditating every day, exercising every day, reading every self-help book on the planet. I mean, I was a therapist, right? Like I was doing, doing somatic psychotherapy. Um, but, but every single one of them framed me as the problem versus helping me understand what the problem was in a way that empowered me to approach it. And I think that that was the key turning point for me um, where I no longer felt like I was intrinsically the problem, but there was something that was going on that, that was reflective in, in these symptoms that then I could make some change or some headway on, right? Versus right. Just being who I was. Um, I remember the conversation we had at the restaurant where we talked to you about the book and the doc project and you just weren't interested really. And you I kept bugging every month or two. And I felt like I was nagging and I was. Yes. But, um, there's One of my favorite things about you, by the way. What's that? <laughs> nagging? Your ability to nag. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I, just call, I call it persistence. But <laughs> I think it's generosity actually. It's how you show love. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, but I'm curious, I think this is important for the audience because same thing with me, there's some simple tools that also broke through my obsessiveness, which blew me away. 
and also was a psychotherapy myself, as the audience well knows, for 13 solid years. And again, I value psychotherapy, but I put all my eggs into that one basket, and that was one of the problems. Yeah. But we had the conversation, so I'd like to just share what the initial resistance felt like to some of the concepts we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. I mean, I guess I just felt like a little hopeless. Like it just didn't seem like there was something else that just could be in a book or in a way of thinking about things right. that could actually change things for me. And, and I think to be, to be totally transparent for me, it was the framework of sort of the forest fire, like needing to come at it from multiple directions right. was a piece of it. And then it, and then I started treating it at all levels that really made the change for me. I'm sorry. So you think that metaphor helped or the forest I think fire? that metaphor helped me because I think it allowed me to, I mean, I think that in conjunction with like just hitting rock bottom, right? Like it reached a point where I, I felt just so, um, I was just suffering so much that I felt like I, you know, I kind of gave up. I surrendered and said, okay, I'm going to try anything. Um, and, and part of that process was pretty significant anxiety, correct? Oh yeah. I think, I mean, a hundred, I mean, I don't know if you want to say a hundred percent, but like, I think that that was the thing that was sort of so unbearable. So you had the chronic pain and then you also had the anxiety and the combination of those were really wearing you out. And I didn't honestly understand the chronic pain part of it with you. I don't think I had heard that before. Yeah. What about the conversation we had or something else you read or did? What started to flip the paradigm for you? Where did that shift occur? I mean, I think it was just this one night, like I called my dad and I said, you know, I can't do it. I was had a full practice. I was like doing, I was in therapy every week and I, you know, I just, my life was, it just felt like so hard, you know, things were such a burden. And, um, I just said, I can't do it. And then he got me to agree kind of, I said like, okay, I'll give it two years mm -hmm. and I'm going to go full black. I'm going to just do everything I can for two years and then see where I'm at. Um, and that kind of encouraged, I sort of found this ability to say, yeah, okay, I really want to be here on earth. I really want to give it my all. I'm going to just like really try everything I can. And so I really committed to the process, I think in a way that I hadn't, I got on some like supplements that helped regulate my cortisol and my adrenal system in a way that I allowed, gave me some air, you know, like a little right. space to work with. Even space, right. Yeah. And that was, that was, I think, integral and necessary, um, and then I also found like a new spiritual practice and, it, and, and that was, that was really important as well for me. Um, but then eventually down the line, I think that got me about 50 to 60% of the way there. And then ketamine got me about the, like another 30%. Of, okay. and now I'm about like, you know, 85, 90% pain-free. Right. And then how about the expressive writing? Was the expressive writing part of what you did? Yeah. In the very beginning, like I think, um, that, that for me hasn't been as like pivotal as it is for you. I think what, I think I do find it very useful and I, I do it, I would say even still like three or four times a week, um, right. in the morning. I really love it as a practice. Um, I think like the reprogramming and like the directing my attention and directing my focus and starting to just have positive sensory experiences, even, you know, as even in tiny moments, I think that was potentially really for me the, the key the key switch. And then in the midst of all those other things going on as far as nutrition and chemical balance, et cetera, how did the doc concepts add to that or fit into that whole process? Where did those come in? 
I think understanding that anxiety was an imbalance in stress chemicals um, is in some ways what really turned things around for me because it allowed me to um, depersonalize it and not anxiety stopped being this like ambiguous, confusing, inevitable thing, um, which even as a therapist, it still felt that way to me, right? Like we, anxiety is sort of not really understood for most psychotherapeutic models in a scientific way. Right. Uh, you know, so this, so this profound gave me tools that were so profound. I was like, Oh, I just need to like do anything that is going to change my stress hormone levels. Right? right. So I just like kind of made my life completely committed to that, to that end. I was like, everything I do is going to be about my stress hormones. Um, anything that like adds stress was out. I stopped dating for a year. I stopped, you know, it was like anything that could take, take me away from that goal. Just, I crossed it out. Um, even if it was ruminating thoughts, you know, right. right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And then how about the anger forgiveness part of it? Where did that come into play? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I was really, uh, I was really fortunate to have done a kind of therapy that you do a lot of like anger expression. And then you convinced me to do the Hoffman process. Um, and I think the, we, the, well, you know, I don't want to give too much away about because the secrecy of Hoffman is kind of part of its magic, but you, you do some anger expression there. Um, and, and those experiences were really profound. I think primarily to forgive myself, right. For the anxiety itself. Right. I think that was right. the biggest piece was like self forgiveness of like, Oh, this, I, there's not something fatally flawed about me that I feel this way. It's, there's something really wrong, you know, or something that's going on in my body that's not inherently wrong, but is out of balance, right? right. And I, I kind of, that gave me some room for self-love that had not been present before. And from that place, it became much easier to love my family and my friends and my, you know, now partner and all of these things um, because, because I wasn't so blocked from loving myself, you know? Right. Um, I really hated myself for how anxious I was. You know, I really right. felt like it was my fault. Well, people are going to start reading about this a lot, probably every week in a certain way. But <clears throat> about three months ago, and Kendra and I have been talking about this a lot, is that I wrote a, a website post called Anxiety is a Symptom, Not a Diagnosis. Yeah. Anxiety just represents elevated levels of stress chemicals. That is not psychological. And the reason why it's so critical is that that, that unconscious survival response is far more powerful than your conscious brain. The unconscious brain processes something like 11 million bits of information per second. The conscious brain processes 40. So I wrote another website post called Anxiety, Your Bodyguard or Prison Guard. And every living creature has an anxiety response to survive. That's how we survive. If you didn't have that response, you wouldn't be alive. In fact, the creatures that didn't pay attention to those cues didn't survive. And but it's separate, it's amoral, it's what you do to survive, it's incredibly powerful, but it's what you have, it's not who you are. Who you are is your conscious brain, which is a small piece over here. And the first step in this process is simply separate your anxiety response from you as a person. So anxiety is your bodyguard, but when you identify with it as part of your personality and your identity, it becomes your prison guard. And that separation process, like you mentioned before, it's awareness, separation, then redirecting. And if you're doing like mindfulness, meditation, et cetera, just to sort of quell the anxiety, it's not going to work because it's a huge mismatch. And that's why you have to allow yourself to feel the anxiety, feel the reaction, and then redirect. Do you want to explain that really quickly, Kendra, how you apply that to your patients about the awareness separation reprogramming? Yeah. Um, 
So I think it plays out in a, in a couple ways. Um, first is just how I think about the sort of um, process of healing in general, right? That you come in and we start to get aware of like, what are the patterns and the behaviors and the impulses that are really working well in your life? Um, what are the ones that like sort of feel maladaptive um, and becoming, gaining some awareness of their historical origins, right? Because about like 98% we think of our compulsive patterns um, are reflections or distortions of our, of our parents' patterns, right? So right. even building some awareness and some psychoeducation about like, what is anxiety and where do these patterns come from and why do they hurt so bad? And, you know, sort of understanding how pain works, right? Emotional right. physical pain. Um, and then as we gain awareness and the ability to sort of track those in real time, right? So we call this kind of the observer mind. It's like, instead of being tossed around in the ocean, I'm like kind of on the shore watching the ocean, right? Um, and so it's, it's that ability to have a different vantage point. Right. Uh, of like as the emotional waves come or the the onslaught of anxious thoughts or whatever, you know, as they come on or the critical voice, right? That I at least have another place to stand on to engage with them rather than being completely swept away in the tide. And when you get overwhelmed with these um, unpleasant thoughts, what do you do now? I mean, what's your basic, so you have a whole wave of these coming through at you. What would you do right this second if that hits you again? Yeah, you know, I think um, it's such a good question. For me, the breath is my salvation. Um, okay. Really how I get myself back on shore. It's really how I remember there is a shore, right? And for me, the breath is both like a way to come back into my body and engage my parasympathetic nervous system, right? Just to even right. settle things down. Right. Also, it's kind of this reminder that like the universe wants me here, right? It's like giving me this breath and I'm, I, I'm, I'm here because I'm meant to be and this moment is okay and I'm safe. Right. And it kind of encourages me to um, come to myself with some love and some desire to like resource and be kind and compassionate rather than go into those sort of more negative self-hating patterns of like, oh, I'm having anxious thoughts. You know, because I think that reaction to the anxious thoughts in some ways causes the most suffering. Right. right? Where we Absolutely. attack ourselves for it. Um, right. And so I think just the breath for me kind of brings a little space uh, where I can be like, oh, oh, I'm being anxious and I get a little compassion rather than like kind of falling prey to that onslaught of self-hate, right? Um, right. So for the listeners who are not that familiar with my book and the doc project is that you wonder why is an orthopedic surgeon talking to a somatic psychotherapist about pain? Because I'm a surgeon and the idea is let's do surgery to fix the pain to get rid of the source of the pain. But it turns out that any pain is interpreted, all these impulses are interpreted by the brain the only reason something is painful or not is because your brain says it is. I mean, your brain is designed to protect you. And if something's not dangerous, you're not going to have pain. If something is dangerous, your brain is going to say pain. And mental pain and physical pain are processed in the same part of the brain, but we can't escape our thoughts, which is a huge problem for human beings. So I go way back in the conversation is that you talk about fighting a forest fire. And I just want to make sure we get that metaphor flushed out a little bit. Yeah. The way you solve chronic pain is, first of all, feeling safe. Mm -hmm. The reason why that's so critical because it changes your body's chemistry from a stress profile to a relaxation profile, and it has a profound effect on your body's physical symptoms. There's over 30 symptoms of a stressed nervous system, including autoimmune disorders, asthma, all sorts of stuff. So the whole key is about regulating your body's chemistry so as you feel safe, you have a profound shift from stress chemicals to relaxation chemicals. Second of all, the way you solve chronic pain is, is awareness. 
where any problem in any situation to be aware of the problem and the solution. The second aspect that Kinder referred to before is called fighting a forest fire, is that everything works a little bit in chronic pain, nothing works in isolation. So sleep's important, stress is important, relaxation is important, but by themselves they don't work very well and certainly not sustainable. The third part, which we both strongly have observed, the patient has to take control. In other words, you're unique, you're individual, chronic pain is complicated, the only person that can actually solve this is you. And that's what I do is what Kendra does is co guide you through the process, allowing you to take charge of your own care. What I've seen Kendra do that I just can't do is she allows people to actually sort of connect their mind and body together to feel, right? Yeah. You know, and that's, I, I just like what kind of wanted to finish that um, loop, like on that about um, the breath. It's like, I'm sure a lot of listeners are going like, I've tried breathing, that doesn't work. And I think that that's true because there's this other component and that's where this mind-body connection comes in because after I've taken a breath and I can orient, then I'm gonna start using my tools. Right. right. And that's where I go in with some inquiry where I can use my intellect rather than using it against me, I can use it for me to right. inquire into my somatic, my internal experience because that's gonna give me information about my emotions, my physiology, my history as I learn to read my patterns better and better. And then that's gonna help me know what tools I want to employ, right? Um, and that's really what we do in session is we help, or I help people um, and they help themselves identify the resources and tools that are going to be most useful for them in, in those different kinds of moments. Right, right. Well, I'd like to thank Kendra for being on this podcast. We're going to spend the next podcast with her talking about her actual approach and again, I wish we had time to tell literally dozens and dozens of story of people that she's pulled out of the hole that have just been really remarkable. We'll talk about that in the second half, but can you, can you tell people how to get a hold of you, what your, what your website is and exactly where you're at? Totally. Um, yeah, I think the best way to find me is um, com, or if you Google Helios, H-E-L-I-O-S wellness, um, that'll take you to our website where you can kind of book directly. Um, but yeah, excited to, to have, we, we're really excited about having chronic pain patients come now because we're finding such new kind of breakthrough results with some of this stuff. Um, and so it's, it's exciting work. We feel really, I feel really hopeful to share this, to share this work with people. There's very few practitioners in the country that believe this. And a friend of mine, Dr. Schubner and myself become a little bit frustrated because everybody looks as at chronic pain is something to be managed. And Kendra is another one of the strong witnesses that chronic pain is flat out solvable. I mean, people go to pain free all the time. Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think um, it really the word miracle like often comes, comes to my mind and what mm -hmm. I hear from people all, all the time in terms of the, what they thought was possible and then you know what ends up being possible over time. And it takes, but it takes commitment, right? Like we get out of it what right. we, put into it. Um, but I think at least now we're starting to have more of an understanding of uh, what to commit to, right? And how to really help people move, move through that process in a different way. So, well, Kendra, thank you very, very much. Yeah, thanks, David. Well, Kendra, I'd like to thank you for being on the program, sharing your story and talking about how you employ the DOC principles in your own practice.
I'm Tom Masters, and I want to remind everybody to return next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And I want to remind you to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today, and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.